<laughs> Welcome back to the Outside Line, episode 23. I missed the last one, so I'm hoping we're at 23. <laughs> anyway, this uh, this episode's special guest is uh, Will. Uh, Will Chamberlain, how you going? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How is everyone? Ah, oh, rocking hey, Okay. We've brought you out of the shadows, out of the, the shadow realm behind the podcast into the forefront in your office building. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit fancy. I like it. <laughs> yeah, so for those that aren't aware, Will is like Mr. Number One behind the scenes for everything Drifting NSA. He's behind the scenes of the broadcast. He's behind the scenes, like, so the Drifting NSA like, state series broadcast. He's behind the scenes for us because we're all useless at technology. Uh, he's spent many years as a photographer. He's definitely had some of the favourite photos of my drift car I've ever seen. And, um, yeah. And absolute. now we forced him onto a podcast. Yeah, he's, he's not choice. comfortable. He's not comfortable. He, he got it thrust upon him. <laughs> and then he's I, like, oh, I don't know about this. And then next thing you know, I've set up 16 laptops so we can get this sorted. <laughs> we need a photo of the setup. Three laptops, two headsets. It was a work of art. That can be the photo we, we put up. <laughs> the audio is not working. Yeah, we'll, we'll fix it. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> and by we, we mean our guest will. Yeah. <laughs> He'll fix it in post. Yeah. I'll make it work. All right, so we'll obviously, the, the, before um, Streamcraft and the live stream and all that, you were involved with drifting mainly as a photographer. Yep. For, um, yeah. Several years. I remember, you know, being back at Mount Gambier and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure you've been there for all of those and all that stuff. So two questions, I guess. How did you get into photography and how did you get into, like, shooting drift cars? Well, I mean, photography, I don't know, really. Um, I did a little bit of it in high school, like, back in probably, like, year 10. It was It was a subject and... Most of the subjects I did back then were art design based and photography was along those lines. So it was something that I decided I'd have a crack at. And that was um, like in the dark room with 35mm film, old school cameras, probably showing how old I am now. Um, but yeah, it was actually a subject in high school back when I was there. Um, and as far as actually getting involved with drifting goes, the, oh, again, from my age, late 90s, I actually lived in Malala. Yeah, right. Uh, um, yeah, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I was on Balaclava Road, so you could literally hear the track from my house. Um, not, a, not much else to do out there. So on a weekend, you could probably hear some cars from the backyard, take a trip down to the track and see what's going on. Um, I can't remember, when do you... You probably before you pull on your guys' experience now, when drifting really started? Like 2002, 2003-ish. Okay. D1 yeah. started in 2003, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, I was probably living in Gawler by that point. But again, go out to Malala, yeah, whenever I could, really. And, you, yeah, you'd see it as an exhibition. And, yeah, and obviously G1 started going, just watching those as a spectator. Um, and, yeah, just somehow... Just became attached to it. Like all of us, I guess, you get some sort of uh, introduction to drift and you can't leave it. 
That gets sucked back in every time. Yeah, and now and now you've had a taste behind the wheel as well. So welcome to being even more broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm probably in a bit of a situation where I don't know my house is tiny. I have a single driveway with a single garage, and we have two cars that we shuffle already. So I think we tried to throw another one in there. Like, it's just going to become more awkward. That doesn't and... stop anyone. People with with way worse situations. You'll be fine. You haven't tried parking your drift car on the road yet, so, you know. That's why road retro drift cars are the best. (laughs) You don't get done by the council for having a hard retro car on the road. And it's also the fact that, you know, daughter starts high school next year. That's fair. So, So the bills keep rolling in, so as long as people keep throwing me the keys and borrow cars for as long as I can get away with it. No, that's fair. Um, what would you sort of suggest to people wanting to get into, I guess, the photography side or or videography side of motorsport? Is there any sort of tips or tricks you'd suggest or things not to do? <clears throat> I mean, I guess with most things, practice makes perfect. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing this, I try to remember, I think I, I got my first camera for about 10 years ago now. Seems like longer, but actually, no, it would be more. It would be actually probably about 15 years ago, I bought like a, a digital camera. And yeah, just as a spectator, just started going out to Matsuri's and again, like some of the G1s. Um, just, you know, wherever I could really just, you know, started on full automatic and start thinking, oh, no, I don't like the way that shot work looks. I want to try it, do something different, start learning how to manipulate all the settings into things that are, I want it to do for the way I want things to look. I guess much and, like with driving, you you start with the basics and as your experience progresses, you, you learn different trips and different settings and whatnot and different lenses and all the... Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like a lot of people say, when you first start, learning to drift, you know, you don't go out and buy YFAP straight up. No. Like you, don't, you don't go buy the full kit. You, you know, you sort of progress and slowly adapt to what you have. Like my first camera, the camera plus two lenses, I think, was $1,000, yeah. which, you know, now I've got lenses, one single lens that is worth three times that. Um, so and yeah, you, and you thought yeah. drifting was going. Yeah, but at, at least they, there, fit, they fit into a nice small space when you're not using them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're easy to hide and ensure, and yeah, there's very little risk with them. So, yeah, for for people that are looking to get into you know photography and um, and videography, like at events and stuff like that, like what is a like a good pathway, like you know. Ad, an avenue to go through like you know because you were um for a long time i think you still are like running the like the, the media accreditation with dsa and stuff like that so like if you go oh i've gone out and i've taken you know i've gone out a couple times with my mates taking some photos from the stands and like you want to get one of them fancy pink vests what's the um what's the, the like the, the way to go about doing that well yeah we're very lucky with the fact that the like the drifting sa series we run at a, our own insurance under races so you don't need your motorsport australia and your AASA accreditation it's you know, a form through races that we fill out you know 
we check over your work, check over your experience, and make sure you, you know, a decent human being, and you can come out and <laughs> join the track side and listen to, you know, some basic safety instructions. Like we're pretty lucky the tracks that we have here are pretty good. Like you, yeah. you'd have to be doing something pretty stupid to get yourself in a, a dangerous situation. Um, it's not like like when I first started, probably like as far as the accreditation side of things go, like shooting at Malala, there's you know eight foot high fences everywhere. Um, so unless you if you're a spectator, unless you're trying to shoot from up in the stands or down to the old turn two pit entry where you quite often get a few people gathering, there's not really a lot like you can get through without trying to sh shoot through a fence. Yeah. Whereas at least like Taylor Bend, everything's waist height. So we actually, I know there's definitely a lot of photographers that come out just as a spectator, like every round, and they'll just shoot from the spectator areas because it's literally a couple of meters, like further away from the access that the accredited photographers have. Yeah, right. And so one, one thing I'll um I'll chuck in quickly before I forget is. Just the thing with you, Will, especially, I think I've said it to you a couple of years ago, but the thing I love, like like you just said, there's so many people gather on turn two at Malala, for example. One thing I noticed you did quite a few years ago was those behind the scenes photos and a lot of like pit photos and, and all that sort of stuff. And it's one thing I noticed years ago, and, and like I said, I mentioned it to you back then, but I reckon that was where your photography for me stood out so much more at the time especially because of that sort of thing it wasn't just every person's car doing turn two at Malala it was the people under their cars working on them and their family in the background and stuff like that and they're the photos that surprisingly I love looking through nowadays because a lot of people have you know taken up that sort of um you know that side of it and do do the same sort of thing now as well but they're the photos I love seeing because then you see your, your kids and, you, and your partners and that in there and it's not just you and your car for the 400th time it's those behind the scenes memory photos out the window <laughs> yeah and it's just like, like like people with vlogging now a lot of people i watch a vlog and i skip through the driving parts i love watching the people work on their cars or you know hang with their friends working on their stuff rather than the driving because it just gets so repetitive sometimes and i guess for you maybe with photography does it get a bit like that as well though like because it is just car after car or whatnot you go and you start <clears throat> looking for those other things to photograph is that yeah abs yeah absolutely like i guess the whole point of putting up a an album for an event is to showcase yeah everything that went on that weekend yeah. and yeah i don't want to put up 600 photos of the same couple of corners mm -hmm. and i mean like an event like Oktoberfest, it just went yeah there's 150 entrants you put up two photos of each entrant that's instantly like a 300 photo album yeah and that's just that's just showing cars that are on the track so it's just why yeah something you know fairly early on i tried to limit myself to just posting every single photo that i took and and try and get a, enough of a variety that yeah you know, it looks interesting you're not just clicking through click 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 okay it's the same corner same car same corner like yeah because most of the time you just get the people that are just scrolling through and looking for their car so they can, yeah. they can get their, the photo of their car. <laughs> um, actually, it's, it's good. As 
you know, now you're being more selective. Like you said, you know, there's 150 cars. You might only want to put out 70 or 80 photos in an album, and a lot of that isn't even on track stuff. What, what makes, like, how do you determine, like, what you want to post and what you don't like, you know, in terms of cars? Like, you know, do you, do you look for stuff that's unique, expressive, or, like, you know, something that, is it just like, oh, that shot worked really well, I like that shot? Or is there stuff like you see something like, ah, oh, it's all right, but, like, it's just another black S13 and I'll just throw it in the bin kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a bit of everything. Like, the first, like, when I first started posting albums, everything that I posted had to be, you know, absolutely perfectly sharp. Everything, everything in focus, like, um, probably just being a little bit pedantic on the quality side of things. Um, but lately I've probably relaxed on that a little bit and tried to show more of the story and yeah things that are interesting like it might not be the most perfect photo but if there's something interesting happening within the image that will generally get sort of pushed ahead of something that might be you know, a really sharp technically correct photo but it might be boring might just be yeah it, like you said typical turn to malala yeah i notice your photos have a tendency compared to a lot of other other photographers to show a better um, sense of speed too. Like you got the the lens or whatever it is open for longer. So you've got that you've got that sense of speed. The wheels are not static. They're they're clearly spinning and maybe there's one part of the car that's very sharp. The rest of it like starts to blur as it goes away, which gives that sense of speed. Is that like a, a style thing that, that you prefer or is it you seem because I see a lot of photos that are like the car could be moving or the car could It's not be like a screenshot station, of a right? video with a watermark slapped on it, like yeah. some other ones you can see. Yeah, I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to that. I, I love the look of motion blur and out of focus, depth of field, um, everything blurry, but yeah, like I said, with something in focus so like, that grabs your attention. Um, so it comes to the point where I'm now using multiple filters on my lenses just to bring the, like, the depth of field down as well as the shutter speed, um, which, yeah, it's a nightmare as far as actually getting the shot like, goes because I'm using the worst end of the scale of you know, what should give you a decent hit rate. So you're playing on hard mode, but then when when you yeah, get the result, yeah. the result is worth the the effort. So you, you yeah, take a yeah. lot of photos, and then you go three of them came bin, up bin, amazing, bin, 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 the rest bin. of them in the bin. <laughs> One in ten if I'm lucky. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, like like there's just the look that I like, and yeah, I bought a camera that takes a lot of photos really quickly just to try and help negate the issues that it does. Spam it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll try not to do that as much anymore because otherwise I'll just end up with like an album. Well, not an album, but a folder of 6,000 photos for an event. And it's just, you know, I don't have the time to look through all of those anymore. <laughs> and yeah. also the colour, like your your photos are very vibrant. I know we did a photo shoot for when I got the um, Smokey wrapped up at my place and I took a whole bunch of photos at the same time and I couldn't believe the difference in like how vibrant and alive the photo was that you took compared to the shots that I took. Like it was just with a camera phone, but still like that was what I was seeing through my eyes was 
what I was seeing on the screen on my phone. And then I looked at your photos afterwards and they're like, there was so much more life and, and color than even real life compared to um, the phone photos. So no, how, how do you normally go about just getting all the that sliders, all the editing? <laughs> just just crank the slider straight up, yeah. Yeah, because heaps of contrast, heaps. Max contrast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, clarity, 100%, 100% clarity. All right, well, just quickly before, because obviously you um, are behind the streams. We are behind the streams. Um, but behind the scenes with, like, Streamcraft and all Australia, just another a point to, to, to touch on. Um, it's something that I've talked a lot about, uh, especially commentary, but I'm also really bad at actually doing it. Um, if someone sees like a really great photo of their car from you and like rather than just you know screenshotting it or using the Facebook download thing and then popping up as a cover photo like what is like a, an avenue that someone should go about like if they want to actually like purchase a full res image to like you know so they can get it printed or something like that yeah, so I mean, just, just slip, slip me a DM and go how much for this yeah, or yeah yeah exactly I'm I'm pretty sure all the photographers, you know, do it at some point. It's, I mean, to me, it's a necessary evil. Like, it's sort of a weird one, like, when I first started charging for photos, because I was going out there just for fun. I was, you know, doing it because I enjoyed it. But at the same time, you're out, like, when you're doing events like motorsport, um, the motorsport festivals and your um, Shannon's Nationals, like, there are, you know, professional guys out there doing it as a lot as a job and sort of you just rock up there oh, i'm just going to give away these photos for free like you sort of piss off people pretty quickly so yeah it's sort of yeah um i'm trying it's hard to explain but yeah you don't want to piss people off and and you want to be you know paid for your time as well you got to value yourself too particularly if you think you you're getting up to the level of, of skill like obviously you're just starting out that's one thing, but if you if you think you got a fair bit of skill and these photos are looking good and et cetera, et cetera, you, you've got to be able to value yourself too. Mm, yeah, yeah. And sort of at what point do you draw the line and think, okay, I'm I'm, I'm worth doing this now. Um, and I a lot of these guys don't they don't charge huge amount. I know I've spoken to Craig a few times and bought some photos and like it wasn't a lot of money, but you know it was it was we paid for his food for for lunch yeah. or yeah. you know something like that and and those kind of guys and yourself obviously are out there for fun um but you know if they can get a little bit of something covered and and they obviously feel the appreciation too of someone thought this photo was good enough to buy that that feels yeah. good yeah and, and we all know drifters are broke already <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's 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 a difficult line to to walk so uh, moving on from the photos a bit, in the last couple of years, um, you've obviously moved from uh, like single shot photography into more of a video format with uh, what you get up to with Streamcraft. Um, how did that come about? I think I was around for a, a part of it, but uh, why don't you tell us the, the story of how, uh, how you guys started shooting the live stream? Yeah, I mean, that came about around 2019 I was trying to it would have been our second series as a DSA so we had the first series that the band ran and then we took it over in 2019 from memory 
and it would have just been yeah you know, by this time i was like in the drifting essay board i was you know looking after the media and i think it was possibly stewie or i think ozzy may have been president at the time yeah and just just threw it out there you know could we do a live stream is it is it something that's possible you know we had sponsors coming on board you know something to you know help get the um, get the series out there in the public eye. Um, so yeah, that would have been back around 2019, and it was literally myself, possibly one. I remember Luke Cocker came on pretty early. Um, and yeah, it was just this shitty old JVC handy cam I bought uh, when my daughter was born. So this thing was already probably eight years old. I remember that camera because um, it had a dicky port, so you had to like tape <laughs> the cable to the camera so that it didn't like drop the signal. Yeah, yeah, HDMI. It's it's still a pain in our ass at the moment. Um, something we're trying to steer away from. But even the even the laptop, because actually I reckon we used my wife's old laptop, which was a few years old at the time, and you know it would take ten fifteen minutes to boot up, but once it was running, it was okay. But I just did not trust the thing. I reckon we borrowed your shared computer for a bit yeah. of tape. Yeah. Um, just and again, just a single camera, just up on the balcony. Actually, I reckon the f- actually yeah, the first stream was at Taylor Bend, just up on the balcony. Yep. Um, trying to pick up the commentary through the PA speakers. <laughs> oh, we couldn't have anyone up on the the um, balcony because the whole thing would shake. Yeah, the yeah, camera, and then you couldn't have the mic too close to anyone because if someone was shit talking, a you driver, pick it up it on the mic up from yeah. the live stream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we actually, 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 before that, um, not many people would know this. The first live stream we actually did was actually for Glitter Gang. Uh, technically, it wasn't for them; it was for the State Series. We were just sort of testing. Just seeing it was something that was possibly feasible. I think we just put it up in their their closed group or something like that when they had a a day out at Malala. And yeah, that yeah, surely. So that would have been yeah that 2019 series. Then it was around 2020, sort of late 2020. Um, I sort of got to know Marcus a bit. He'd, he'd come out and done a little bit of videography and some stuff for a couple of events. And someone mentioned, oh, I'm pretty sure he's got a little four-channel HDMI switcher, which is something that we're looking at getting because, you know, before that we had a single camera. So, the, you know, you... Someone's just doing this the whole time, yeah, following the action. Which we know how much, like, just absolutely smashing a pan across back to the start line looks amazing. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, give anyone motion sickness. <laughs> So, yeah, we're already looking at how we can put more cameras into the stream, you know, make it a bit, make it more professional. And Marcus at the time had a little basic four-channel HDMI switcher. Um, so I got in contact with him. He was all for it. He was keen to come on board. Um, we hired a wireless transmitter or two, and and that was it. We all of a sudden had multiple cameras, um, yeah, a couple of operators, and yeah, that's when things sort of really started transforming, escalating. Which, yeah, yeah, and and I mean, I was going through a bit of a timeline 
just trying to see when we actually got started and how things have progressed and how quickly everything ramped up. It's actually yeah, quite insane because that was yeah, that was only you know two three years ago, and then literally a year after that we were doing the Adelaide Rally. Yeah, it's insane seeing how how far you guys have come already. So, uh, speaking of like escalating and ramping up, like obviously, yeah, you guys are, yeah, it's a full fledged operation now. Like, can you give us like a little bit of a rundown of like, you know, the the equipment and the staff and everything involved with actually running a live stream that of the quality that we're seeing out of like, you know, what you're doing for Adelaide Rally and um, and for us. Uh, so most of our events we usually run anywhere between seven to nine like crew like not not a huge amount like we have to be you know pretty mindful of budget and everything we're not <clears throat> trying to overcharge everyone and you know it's not a cheap thing to just put out a video production um like drifting you say we regularly have about nine crew usually about three or four cameras on track plus you know operating you know operating the stream with all the graphics um we've got you know obviously todd with the drone now um dylan down on the start line as a like, roving camera and he's off doing interviews and, and we have uh, hayden and um uh trying to think who quite a few operators that we've had you know come in do interviews for us um, yeah, so actually we just bought another camera today. It's, <laughs> it just keeps piling on and on and on. Um, yeah, so yeah, the actual the amount of equipment, yeah, we've outgrown hatchbacks, room to SUVs. Well, you, you kicked us out of the commissary room for round four and five as well. Um, so it used to, used to be uh, like yeah, the two commentators and then um, Ben next to us doing all the graphics and, and stuff on the live stream. And then Marcus would be out on the balcony uh, doing all the switching and you know, telling people what to do and all that. And then I rocked up, rocked up at round four and got handed this head, well, not even handed, I looked like a Korean pop star with just a little headset on and, and a radio receiver. And I uh, got told, yeah, you're in with the judges today because the, the live streams kicked out the commentary booth. Uh, we're always trying to fine-tune things. I think they're really liked um, having the commentators with the judges um, and obviously getting as much communication between everyone, making sure everyone yeah. knows what's going I think, on. I think Marcus enjoyed not having cars screaming past his ear all day as well. Yeah, yeah, we've been slowly shuffling him in closer and closer. He's like I said, he started on the balcony. He sort of worked his way into the hallway. <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah, now we're, now we're actually into that room, which, I mean, I think it worked well. I was, yeah. had my concerns about getting, you know, your, your guys' commentary audio. Well, um, it seemed to work better than when we were trying to patch into the Ben system anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we've got the Ben system stuff worked out pretty well now. But, yeah, no, everything worked well. Then even like with the Adelaide Rally this year, we hired a van. We just ran everything out of a van. You did um, Adelaide Motorsport Festival last year as well, didn't you? Again, similar size crew. About yeah, about nine of us, I think, from memory. That's pretty cool. I remember the, the rain coming down out. and all 
all the uh, the Coles bags coming over the uh, the Wi-Fi transmitters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Weather is not our friend. It's pretty cool that something that you know started out as a a little thing for for the drifting club, and it's it's just been growing and growing over time, and servicing other motorsport events in in South Australia, and I'm guessing you know maybe even abroad after that at some point. So that's pretty cool to to see that happen. Yeah, uh, like the, the time was, the time frame that it, it just skyrockets. It's very rapid. Yeah. It's very rapid. Yeah. So you touched on it before, you started doing some driving. How's that going? <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, um, obviously, been involved with the club for quite a number of years. You know, going out as a passenger as much as I could. I think the first time I went out as a passenger would have been to DSA Mount Gambia. Uh, Hell of a place to start up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, in the wet with uh, Greg Merriman in a borrowed car. So, and that sort of like, okay, this is a lot of fun. That was yeah, 2018. It would have been the second DSA Mount Ga- D, DSA, DCA Mount Gambia, and obviously trying. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm not the most excitable person, but getting into passenger is. You know, something I quite enjoy doing, and then you know, you want to see if you can do it yourself. I've got a little sim rig at home, nothing too crazy, just a little Logitech and a little seat with the handbrake. And I guess, yeah, being part of the club for quite a while, I sort of helped out getting involved in the school car and getting those things underway. Um, managed to sneak myself a little half hour session in, session in on the skid pan one day. Just doing some donuts and figure eights and loved it. Um, so I think it was like possibly even the next school I said, no, I'm going to pay for a spot. Maybe in the next two, I think I did. Yeah. Two more schools after that. Um, we're, we're, like, got... we're like drug dealers, mate. The first taste is free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you've got to pay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, I remember the first time I did it, I yeah, donuts I got straight away, but then I was trying to do figure eights for about 15 minutes or so, and I was just almost there, not quite. So, no, I want to have another go. So, I'm sure I can do a figure eight. So, I was, yeah, did another session, like, you know, 30, 30, 40 minute session, whatever it is, doing figure eights. And I was like, okay, this is fun. Um, then we had a two day event at Malalar. Okay, I'll do another one. Um, but that actually sold out. So, it sort of became, okay, We'll just give you another spot at the end, which turned out to be the full peanut track of the Malaluska pan. I was like, okay, this is in the automatic V35, like linking the whole skid pan in that. It's like, okay, this is a lot of fun now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, where do you go from here? And okay, it's so all downhill from here. Yeah, <laughs> That's where yeah. you go. You end up like <laughs> us with multiple cars. In many different states of disrepair, yeah. and going, where's all my money gone? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that's right, the broken thing in my shed. <laughs> yes. So I think it was like it was only like a month later, another uh, Tail and Ben skid pan day. Kale, let me have a go of his manual V thirty five, which from memory was raining a lot. 
and I was getting really frustrated because I was just trying to, on the main, um, the advanced, you know, skid pan, just trying to get that first corner, just constantly looping out. So was not really enjoying it that much because I was just looping out every, you know, you line up again, you get one more crack at it and spin again. It's like, but um, then I think it dried out and then it was the, the school open skid pan. So you're doing the full little mini Mayhan. Okay. So put another set of tires on and managed to go and have a bit of fun doing that in a manual. So, okay. So I can do this and yeah. And I can't, I don't remember how it ended up happening. I think I was commenting on one of our volunteer posts about an event coming up. You know, we usually put the shout out who's volunteering, who's driving. And I just put a comment in there. I'll, I'll drive. I just didn't think anything of it. And Tate's like, okay. <laughs> I'm going, is he being sarcastic? Or is like, <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, Tate thankfully lent me the keys to the R32. So something with a bit of power and, yeah, had a bit of fun in that. Yeah, well. I think we did we did skip pan in it, and he did really well. And then I can't remember if it was the same event or a different event later. I said, "Oh, you can drive it again," and you're like, "Oh, cool." And then I'm like, "But I don't have time to do the skid pan because I want you to go out and main track, and I only have one <laughs> session that's free, so you're going on the main track." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's right. It, was it? It was not running right first thing in the morning. Yeah, it does that. Yeah, so we ended <laughs> up going out, Yeah, so we end up going out in the advanced session. Um, yeah, but yeah, I didn't hit anyone. No, you did well. I, I don't think I've gone in the way too much. Right. Just sort of drove within my limits, and that's good. That's what you want to do. You want to drive within your limits, especially when it's not your car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing turn one. So, <laughs> so has has now driving yourself given you like a different perspective that's helped, like with the photography. Like you go, you kind of understand it a little bit more that you can kind of like go, oh, this is this, so like I can do this. Or did you already kind of already had it sussed from watching on the out from the outside long enough to go, oh, this is what's going to happen here, kind of thing. To be fair, I think yeah, a few years of passenger laps, I probably already had the feeling and the way things moved, but fairly well figured out. Yeah. Um, which obviously helped, like getting behind the wheel. And trying to drive myself, like the same stuff helped it. It was yeah, more of an appreciation of how hard it actually is to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, you guys make it look a lot easier than what it actually is. Before uh, before we go much further, I got to love and leave yous. But we always great talking to you. Ten minutes, ten minutes late. I'm definitely ten minutes late already, but. Um, <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your guys' conversation. I'll uh, I'll definitely be listening to it on the Spotify. So have fun, and we'll see you on the next one. Uh, Bye. I'll see you uh, tomorrow. <laughs> yes, yeah, see you tomorrow. <laughs> All, right, All right. Well, now that Jack's uh, loved us and left us, um, maybe we should move on to round four or five. Have a chat about that. Um, yeah. What? You were up in the tower. I didn't get to see that much of it other than my own runs, Ben. Why don't you re- give me a little run? Oh, down don't there. don't make me remember. That was so long, <laughs> so long ago. Um, no, it was it was, it was yeah, uh, lots of lots of stuff. It's Christmas time there. Like my mind is so mm-hmm. far away from drifting right now. Um, but yeah, so round four or five, double header. The only thing I do remember is championship implications. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so it, it was the two reverse layouts at the bend, which are like the two gnarliest layouts. So like round four was the reverse running the bowl. And um, that's, even though like everyone goes, that is a car killer, that layout. Like, you know, that's one where you get, when you get it wrong, it's not ideal. Um, and a lot of people say, oh, that should be the final layout, like, because obviously double header, two days, you know, if you break your car on the Saturday, Sunday's not going to go well for you either. And a lot of people say, oh, yeah, there's so much carnage and so much damage. Uh, why don't we do this on the on the Sunday? And then they go out on Sunday and you're doing, what, what are you doing, like 140, 145 over a blind crest into a dip. And you, know, you need that day of warm-up to, to do the Sunday layout. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> You're not going out cold on a, on a Saturday morning and doing the uh, the reverse over the hill. Well, normally the, with the round four layout, it's it's usually first practice that people start riding themselves off. because Or they, every lap if you can. <laughs> he only did first practice. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, so it, it seemed to be like once, once people got the groove of round four, they were okay. It's the first, like... I swear I watched one guy. I can't remember who it was, but it was like the second lap of practice and he went way too deep, smashed into the wall and then had to do the old reverse back to pits because you broke your uh, front caster arm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, you don't need to be near the wall this early. But uh, no. once people seem to get that under control and they get their eye in, round four is not too bad. Yeah, it's... um. It's a very flowy layout once you get your head around. Like, once you get that groove and get the flow going, uh, like, by the time we got into, you know, even, like, top 16 in both classes, L1 and L2, like, it was very, very consistent, especially in the lead, like, the whole afternoon. Like, once we got into the pointy end of stuff, it was uh, one of those days where, like, as long as you, like, you couldn't win on a lead run because everyone yeah. was just nailing it. Like, you know, everyone was doing, you know, a 90-plus point run, like, every lap in, in the lead. And it all just came down to, like, the chases, like, all day. Um, like, no one won on leads unless, you know, someone made a massive mistake. But then it was all all one, like, in the chase runs, which is wild to see, but it is definitely one of those layouts that makes the judges really, like, earn, earn their paycheck or earn their volunteer payment. <laughs> It is definitely when yeah. you can hear the discussions where they're talking about like one person tapped the wall and the other person tapped into them because they tapped the wall. Whose fault is it? Whose yeah. Fault is it because someone straightened and yeah. Trying yeah. To we we will talk. You, you hear discussions about whether someone lifted on the transition or before the transition or after the transition, and whether that was enough. Like that was how nitpicky they were having to be because yeah, it's three three four corners. And it flows really well. So you do need to start judging to that level of like nitpickiness, I guess, to, to determine between cars. Otherwise, you just have reruns all day long. Yeah, it's not a crazy technical layout compared to some of them that we run. Yeah. So you really well, got to compare like to Sunday, where you, into you're it. going you know, fourth gear to almost at a standstill as you come through the end of that sweeper into the infield section. Uh, you're dropping for yeah, you're dropping over 100 k's an hour like in drift on an entry, like yeah, and then that's that, that plays with your mind too because you're going downhill towards a corner on the throttle. Yeah, behind the car, going when's he going to start slowing down? Because <laughs> I need to start slowing down when he does, but not before because then I'll look like a bitch. 
<laughs> and I'll get docked points. <laughs> so I think round four, um, we had Matt Harvey and Luke Viersma in the final. Yeah. yeah. They were some crazy finals. Yeah, absolutely insane. And, and the pit stop when they changed their tyres. <laughs> that, that was brilliant. Green. That was that was ideal. But yeah, so um, it was great to see Matt Harvey come over from Tassie. He's been talking about doing it for a while. Um, obviously, he had that um, that injury that stopped him driving for for almost a year, like over six months. So it's good to see him back in the seat for one and driving again, and um, coming over to Adelaide and and putting his money where his mouth is because he came over and like watching him and Luke drive. Like obviously, it was it was a repeat of the final from World Time Attack. Like you know, they're two of the best drivers in the country, and watching them go absolutely mental on that layout because again it was the layout that like you had to push so so hard to make a difference um but yeah it was absolutely stunning like it was one of the one of the best it, it was like the miller miller J, jake jones battles from that layout in the wet uh from two two or three years ago like it was that level of hype it was it was sick yeah and you could see like luke wanted it because he knew he had to do everything to keep his championship hopes alive, and he was not going to let it go. He was, as they both come down to the wall, as they came they came up to the wall, Luke, I think, hit Matt, just trying to dive onto his door, yeah. and, like, so close, and they're all within, like, millimetres of the wall the whole time. So it was just an intense battle. Yeah, it was insane. And um, it was it was a really, really strong way to finish the Saturday and I was happy because I didn't have to do presentations until Sunday. So I was like, yeah, sweet, that's done. <laughs> but uh, that was sick. And then obviously we backed it straight up, back out again on the Sunday for round five. And everyone had sore heads and uh, went out and did some drifting. <laughs> yeah. And that, that round five layout, like we're talking about, it's just something completely different, like compared to, I don't know, just going down that hill. You can't see where you're supposed to transition. Um, and you're kind of guessing with the initiation. You're like, yep, this feels like the right spot. And then accelerating down that hill, just looking at that left-hander going, just hold off on that transition just a bit longer, a bit longer, and then snap it across and nail the throttle to stay on the track. It's a it's a hell of a roller coaster, that one. Yeah, it's, it's sick. And then you go into, like, the slower section on the track as well, like through that infield section. On the uh, on the left nut, right nut, left nut. Anyway, one of them. That's the veins. That's the veins. Vein. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it goes through yeah. the nut. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> it's all about perspective. <laughs> but yeah, you go from like I saw. Uh, I think it was Trent Forrester, um, like in car video from him, and he was back to first gear through that. So he's gone. He's, he's gone from like fourth gear on the entry back to first gear through through the corner. Like it just shows like the speed differential through through that layout. Yeah, that's definitely one of the layouts where I mean, a, a good drift track generally you start fast and slow down throughout the whole layout, and that one is certainly an extreme version. Yeah, yeah, and then you just the finish off with the power skid through the the last sweeper. Love a good power skid. Oh yeah. Speaking of power skids, I don't think we're allowed to do victory skids anymore, no, 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 from what I've heard. No more, no more victory skids. Some people, not some the, people not got the a little bit anyway. carried away. Oh, yeah. Malala's fine. Malala, we can do that. Whatever, whatever Malala. No one cares about Malala. 
but uh, <laughs> yeah, out at the bend, I don't think we can we can do them. I think a few people, uh, yeah, definitely got a bit carried away. Yeah, the, the whole like it started out just like you can do a little skid as you leave, and then like it's just slowly ramped up, and particularly since we had Malala last round where you could go nuts, and then yeah. we needed to come back and be contained. Nah, no, no one could be contained. <laughs> Especially when it's the last round of the year. Yeah, I know, like, Jamie got real excited. Yeah. <laughs> he, had, he had a running car at the end of the day. He should be excited. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so we had um, the final battle, Matt Harvey again against Hayden. Hayden Hullahan. Yep, we didn't get much of a battle, though, because it didn't last very long. Yeah, so Matt Harvey exploded a brake line coming down the hill and then had to use Hayden Hayden Hallahan's car as a brake as a brake pedal. (laughs) He's gone for the dive and then the the left foot or right foot probably at that point, because he would have been on the handbrake as well. But the foot's just gone straight to the floor and then he just hasn't been able to wash off the speed. Tagged Hayden and that was unfortunately he wrote. Yep, I mean that was another one that the judges had to look through. They were deliberating for a long time before they were given the news that he had actually had a broken car. So um, yeah, that one they, a bit unfortunate. The last battle of the year ends with half a run, but uh, you get that. You do get that sometimes. Like it is what it is. Like sometimes you go out with a bang. Sometimes it goes out with a whimper. And uh, <laughs> we had like such a like an epic battle finishing off on Saturday and our L2 finals were absolutely insane as well. So then, yeah, you, know, you get so hyped. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, oh, there's big contact. What's going on here? And then they're like, they're not coming back out. Like, what do you mean they're not coming back out? <laughs> I saved some voice left for this. And then it was like, <laughs> no more. <laughs> yeah, so um, overall, though, bloody good weekend. It was it was a sick weekend. And if you want to know the championships and you're not good at math like me, come to the DSA Christmas party, possibly before or after this gets released. Who knows? Because we have we're having audio issues. So it could yeah. be longer. But it is this Saturday if it's before the fifteenth. Yeah. Uh, I think there's still tickets available. It's at the yeah. general Havelock and I don't know. On Hut Street. Just rock up. And it's gonna no, don't just rock up. She'll kill you. <laughs> you can you can eat my food because I'm I won't be there until after no, food is done. Don't so. say that Renee will stab you. <laughs> but I'm getting two wristbands, so I'm gonna have two drinks. <laughs> it's it's gonna be the sixteenth, so hopefully you're watching yeah. this before the sixteenth and then can buy tickets and go. If and, not, we had a sick time together. <laughs> <laughs> if not, find us at the cast of the seventeenth. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then uh we had Locktoberfest, which was a massive event with, I think it was like 170 drivers completely sold out. Um, yeah, I missed that one, unfortunately. You missed that one? State. I was interstate. There was, last Locktoberfest, you'd get to like Sunday morning, be like 10, 11 o'clock, there'd be two cars on track. And that would just stay like that all day. There was a lineup every single time to go out on track there would be each session had 20 cars i don't know why all these cars are managing to make it all the way through the weekend <laughs> do you think, do you think like, some people sacrificed their saturday to like make no, sure they were good on it was Sunday, no or? sacrificing going on ask landon nah. 
<laughs> there was nothing left in these guys' tanks. Um, uh, maybe it's the number of stock Falcons that were out there that was the it's it's the, the new reliability. It's the new meta. But yeah, there was a there was a lot of people out there, so it was good to see everyone keen to uh, to thrash for a weekend. It's always it's always a good time. It's always a fucking sick party, like just to let loose right at the end of the year. Like there's no more comps, there's no more anything to worry about. Like in all reality, there's no events until you know February, March next year. So if you really go and do something stupid, you've got some time up your sleeve. But um, yeah, every every Locktoberfest I've gone to, it's been pretty pretty wild. But even I had to bail early. I I only made it for Saturday, and everyone was like quite well behaved. Like it looked like Sunday was still going to be a good turnout because there was still a lot of drivers on the Saturday yeah. that still had functioning cars after yeah you know, already a day and a half because there was the Friday night as well. We had a Commodore that had um, uh, on-the-fly adjustment for its front camber. <laughs> I don't know why. We pulled him in once. I spotted Does it from race Did it have drop. Max Speedy boys in the front? They do know. that. It was a red VS Commodore. Yeah, I remember but, actually like, flicking through photos of that, and you just see the front wheel just all of a sudden around a corner. Yeah, so Commodore Knuckles, like, they adjust <laughs> their camber because they're a solid strut top. So they have their factory camber adjustment in like the where the knuckle meets the coilover, and um, the cheap coilovers aren't quite specced right. So even if you crank them up, they will just work they work themselves loose and just go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we put them in the pit pits once, and we're like, "You need to fix it." He's like, oh, "I'll fix it." It comes out the next session. It's doing it again. We're like, ah, if he crashes, he crashes. And then I look across, there's another Ute doing the same thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a cheap, it's a Commodore thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so do we have any plans for next year? Got a whole two, uh, three weeks, and then we're into we're straight I into have the next plans, year. but it's me, so they'll change 16 times before New Year's. That's that's a good point. We bought some <laughs> doors and fenders apparently, so. I've bought some stuff and some things, and uh, so I have three broken. No, one good car because I'm currently dailying my other drift car because I bought a let. Well, I swapped my Magna for a Land Cruiser, and the Land Cruiser has no center muffler, so I get gassed every time I drive it. And I drove to Morford Vale and back to um, to get a Christmas present, and um, I had to stop and pull over. And have some fresh air because I thought I was going to throw <laughs> up. I'm, like, I'm not driving this until I put a muffler in it. So I put Rego on the on the um, the V6 car, and I've been driving around with like smashed guards, and like I've just pulled it out enough to make it look like a car. And everyone goes, "How have you not been defected?" I'm like, "I'm driving in Elizabeth. They have real crime to deal with." <laughs> uh, well, we do have a calendar for next year out. I'm pretty sure that Renee's put. It's, it's on the Drifting SA Facebook yep. page. Maybe yeah. if Will's doing audio stuff, we have a blank spot where Jack was. We could put the calendar in and post. Uh, yeah, that's that's a lot of effort. That. No, that shouldn't take me too long, actually. Yeah. yeah. Just remember to use the right keyboard because I've got two bloody laptops. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's the same, basically the same schedule as this year in terms of um, like the actual competition. 
So we've got two rounds at the bend, then a round of Malala for round three, and then the double header finish yeah. off the year once again. We have we've a bunch out... of super schools, though. That's something a bit yeah. different. Yeah, so that's the have... big, big difference, yeah. Yeah, you're going to have a bunch of schools out at Malala. So rather than just the skid pen, you're also going to have um, a bunch of drills out on the track through the S's. Your only time you can drive Southerns backwards, and it's sick. It is sick, actually. It is dope. Yeah, it's like it's super fun. And like it's one of those things that, like, because the way Malala's designed is you can't run it backwards. So to be able to do little bits and pieces backwards, like, it's basically only something you can do on like an event like this or do it on the sim. Yep. Uh, we're going to be at the Motorsport Festival. I can mm -hmm. confirm that. It's going to be bigger and better than last year. Can't say how, but it will be. So trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll be there in some capacity, either yeah. yelling or probably yelling. There you go. I got the uh, oh, you got it? drifting to say dates. There we go. I'll, For anyone who's actually watching this on YouTube, because I got the shits on with Facebook. Um, yeah, so uh, a lot of stuff happening next year. I'm also ducking off to go do some of that demos and. Uh, some of that! Baby on the way, so that's pretty much going to kill the second half of my year, but. I'm going to make the most of the time. Congratulations. That... Oh, that, Thank you. And also, now. my condolences. Now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. Outside got... line exclusive. I'm going to pack the first half of the year with as much drifting as I can. It's due on the 1st of June, and then, then that's oh, probably tax the last year. Oh, tax time. Ah, <laughs> 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 the write-off's coming early. <laughs> well, looking back, like, just trying to get some info on, you know, trying to remember when I was doing things and when I really started taking up photography was like the year after my second child was born and it's just like I need to get away for a weekend yeah you're like oh I gotta I gotta go I'm gonna go take photos see you babe <laughs> <laughs> yeah Will is like uh the role model that I'm going with because somehow Will turns up to all the same events that I do but with two kids. Yeah. And I don't know how he does it. And two extremely well-behaved kids too. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Um, very, very lucky in that sense, yes. Yeah. Very, you, very understanding. You definitely wise. don't have rat bags. Yeah. Kids, yeah. Can't complain about them. No, and not, not. They'll be old enough to come out soon enough, so. Yeah. You can't say that to their faces, but. You cannot complain about them <laughs> yeah, in the background. Don't <laughs> yeah, don't, they don't can't know that they're this. good. <laughs> they actually went to bed early tonight so I could do this podcast. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you are lucky. <laughs> I, let bed early. I let them play their video <laughs> games. They don't, they don't fight. They're sitting like, all right, going to go to bed. No, but I'm going to get back to my base, otherwise I'm going to get raided. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I reckon that's probably us. We're... Uh... What, 54 minutes into it? That's a short one. This is short a condensed one. episode because we, we had a schedule and then we had technical difficulties for half an hour. Just part of the reason Jack had to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. Alrighty then. Well, come hang out with us at the DSA party. And then we'll have, have a... Lock Hotel. Go yep. to driftingsa.com. Uh, go to driftingsa Facebook page and There'll be a link to the event. You can go to, a, I think it's Eventbrite to get your tickets. Probably. There's very limited tickets available, so if you want to get some, get some now. And come listen to about championship implications. 
All right. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. See you on the other side. Ta-da. Bye.